This is CliffCentral.com. Animal Central on CliffCentral.com. Welcome to it. This is Animal Central right here on cliffcentral.com. Thank you so much for having us on. So first things first, I do not sound like Ainsley Haynes, nor am I Ainsley Hayes. Uh, Ainsley is, a, is away this week, but we thought, why not? You know, mm-hmm. if not, then why not? Uh, standing for one of our Cliff Central crew family. And so I think we're about to have a bit of a very, very interesting hour. I'm not running the show alone. I'm here with Jonathan Sinclair. Yes, good morning. I was just about to say, Ainsley, you sound a little bit yeah, different Yeah, today. it's not even like a horse voice. Yes. It wouldn't even be like the flu. <laughs> I think it would be a whole lot of chemicals, whatnot, yeah, to no, get into you know, Ainsley did have a, a life emergency. You know, mm-hmm. we all have those days. So we didn't want to send the guest away because it's such an interesting topic we've got today. So yes. we thought we must run ahead with the show. And uh, yeah, so I'm very, very interested to get the conversation going uh, this afternoon. So if you also want to join in on the conversation, you know, you can always tweet us at cliffcentral.com or you can send us a message on a message, message on our WeChat account. Uh, it's Cliff Central. All you have to do is tap connect and then message to show. So it's, today is really all very, very interesting. It's something I have a very close connection to. I've always been an animal lover in general. Don't let me start on my monologue as to why I'm vegetarian, but that. <laughs> aside um i'm very i've always been a dog person i absolutely love yes. dogs um well, and it's sad that we have to have dog and cat people but i i, I think it's kind of clear sometimes i classify myself as a dog person but yeah that, i love cats Ma- so, you, you don't like cats i just have to say mm-hmm. dogs at least when they're happy, they show it. Or when they're angry, they show it. Or when they're sick, they show it. Cats mm-hmm. feel like they're kind of manipulative. They never show their yeah, feelings. they are too clever. Although, <laughs> you know, in my household, it's the cat who actually needs more attention than the dog. See, it's that's true. Like, dogs it's are weird. just chilled and calm. <laughs> I remember for the first, what, eight years of my life, I had a dog named Sheba. And she and I, like... Go out into the, to the garden. She was there. Like watch TV. She was mm, there. Like mm. it's the best thing in the world. Cats on the other side, maybe not for me really. Yeah, cats will just come and they'll never give you any support. They'll yes. come to you if they need something. Yeah. Otherwise, stay away. By the way, I don't think I actually introduced who I was. Sanguini <laughs> uh, Finn. We go. Yes, I actually thought about it now. I was like, I had this whole <laughs> disclaimer about Ainsley not being here, and they're like, who is this guy basically? So my name is Sia Sanguini Finn, and thank you so much for having us on. Let's get things rolling right. Right away. Uh, very, very interested to chat to our first guest this afternoon. Her name is Stacey Keen. Good morning, Stacey. Hi, Sia. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? Very well, thanks. So, Stacey, I think she can definitely introduce herself from the Brunfield Dog Project. Can you sum that up for us, first and foremost, uh, before we get into the bigger conversation of uh, the work that you guys do? But as an organization, what is it all about? Well, the Brunfield Dog Project, um, we are a com- community-run um, welfare charity yeah. in the KwaZulu-Natal Midlands, um, specifically moreover the local township of Brunfield. Mm-hmm. We focus on teaching children how to train their dogs. So the everyday basics, sit, lie down, stay, and through that, um, develop the bond between child and his dog. Yeah. Through by doing that, we obviously focus on the welfare of the dogs. We also aim to teach the children about animals in our world. So everything from where our food comes from, where our car seats come from, to you know the milk in our coffee. Yeah. Why you know why pets are are important to us for things like security. You know, in terms of dogs, um, and then hopefully in the long term, what we'll do is we we'll, you know 
plant a seed in, in the child's mind. You know, if they're eight years old now, perhaps they'll think, wow, I really love working with dogs. Yeah. And give them some sort of career direction for one day when they have to, you know, leave school, get a job or go and study further. So it's a small project at the moment, but we really hope to, you know, the opportunities are really great. So we hope to be able to allow the children of this township, um, you know, multiple opportunities um, so that it's not just a case of one day they leave school and they get a job, you know, a boring mundane job just to put, put food on the table. So um, hopefully we'll ignite some passion in these children. What I like is that you teach the kids that the animal is not just an object. Yes. Or like you say, you teach them where our food comes from, where mm. our milk comes from. So almost teaching them that the cow, although it is serving us, it isn't just a, a standalone object that no. has no feelings or isn't a sentinel being. Yeah. So no. I, I think that is the message that you're getting across, you know. Yes, definitely. And also respect for the animals. So even if it's a, a goat running around the township um, or a chicken you know, trotting mm, along the road. It, yeah, know, that yeah. every animal actually deserves respect mm. and that every animal um, provides us with so much. Mm, and yeah. I think we often, we're very ignorant of that, of exactly mm. what we use animals for. I mean, things like glue, we didn't know that that came from, comes from cows. Mm, People mm. don't know that kind of stuff. Hold up. Okay. I'm really <laughs> going to like have an education <laughs> no. here, clearly. To go off on a slight weird tangent, yes. glue comes from cows. Yes. So one of the first educational days we did with the children. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> talk to me like you <laughs> talk to the seven-year-olds. Was about the humble cow. Okay. Now, my family, we are dairy farmers in the Tal Midlands, um, and we are very closely linked to this township that we work in because all of our staff live in this township. So... Um, when I thought, okay, I, w- I want to do an educational segment with these children, I thought, well, you know, the dog, that's basic. But I thought, let me open their eyes to something more complex, such as dairy farming. So I researched it. I did quite a bit of research. Yeah. And um, I was slightly shocked. So it's true. Yes, they use the hooves, the gelatine, mm-hmm. to make glue. So your everyday print, whatever has got... Has got cow hooves in it. Wow. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, that is a good thing because if, you know, the cow is going to be utilized for yes. food anyway, mm. as sad as that might be, at least use the whole animal yes. and mm. not certain things go to waste yeah. if, you, if you think about it like that. Well, well Stacey, I'd like for us to first start off by painting the picture of the reality that yes. uh, you faced and you've come from. What sort of community is the Brunville community and, you know, what inspired you and your family to get involved in such? Well, um, the Brunville community, it's quite a small township in comparison to a lot of our city townships. Um, I was trying to do some research on the population. It's a bit vague, yeah. but I would say there are probably about 40,000 people in the township. Okay. Um, a lot of the people in the township don't actually work in the area. They travel to the city, so Johannesburg, Durban um, for work, and then come home in the holidays. Quite a few truck drivers, stuff like that. Um, being white in South Africa, um, a lot of people are petrified of townships. They, oh my word, don't go there. You yes. Know, that's, oh, Going with the bulletproof vest yes, and the exactly, helmet. exactly. And mm. a security guard and whatever. But my experience with Brunfield has been completely the opposite. The people are really welcoming. Um, you know, they really notice that you are, you're there to help and they, you know, go out of their way to look after you and people get to know you. I mean, I yeah. go to the, the supermarket now and little children come up to say hello to me because they've, mm seen me in the townships. Um, so I think that it's actually a lovely place. The children all grow up, you know, on the streets, visiting mm-hmm. their friends. There's no my house, your house. 
it's a very I think it's a very nice township, you know. Would you have to say you've always been an animal lover? Yes, definitely, since I was a a baby. Really? <laughs> yes. Always had pets, always had dogs. Yeah. Um I wanted to be a vet when I was tiny and then um decided discovered that my mathematics weren't so good. So I <laughs> studied veterinary nursing. And so yeah. Because, animals my whole life because this is now the interesting thing you know as someone who also grew up around um, yes. animals and you are you just love them unconditionally and you go into some areas of you know the country and different communities and you see that it's not necessarily that they're ill-treating animals intentionally it's a lack of knowledge or education mm. exactly so we'll feed the dog just scraps you know meanwhile mm. you don't know what sort of damage is being caused to the animal yeah um so when you tackle something like that you know because now you're essentially having an education role mm. why you know i think it's one thing to be inspired by the cause but then it's another facing reality of okay well yes. how am i going to tackle this problem and how did you go about doing that well it's when you should say that this last week um we we have our classes on a Saturday morning at half past seven. So what happens is that the children come along with their dogs. Um, they have to wear a lead and look at the collar. The children have to wear their name tag. So I know we all know who's who in the zoo because mm-hmm. with 60 children and 60 mm-hmm. dogs, you don't know. <laughs> I can imagine it's chaos. <laughs> oh, it is completely chaos. <laughs> it's a little chaos. zoo now that yeah. I think about it. It yeah. is mad. And then we also get dogs that come by themselves. They just... They don't have a human, but they're just, just come saying along. the party. Yeah. All the other, <laughs> all the other dogs are walking. So yes. why not? Yeah. So this last Saturday, some of our children who are regulars came along, um, and they didn't have their dogs. So I said to them, you know, where are your dogs? And the one little boy, his name's Mfana Forty, started crying, and I said to Mfana Forty, "Where's your dog?" No, he said one of the older boys in the community has taken his dog along with a few others to go hunting mm. on the local farms. So. It's like a kidnapping scam. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was kind of. We had three little teary-eyed children, um, desperate for they to have their dogs back, and very worried about where they mm. were. And so that was that was a huge like education um, opportunity, but also a huge challenge. So mm-hmm. every week I try and post very positive, happy things on Facebook. Um, you know about relationships between children and their dogs, happy things. But I thought, you know what? It's actually we face such big challenges. I'm not going to. You know, sugar coats yeah. and, you know, tell everyone we're having a great time. So I said, mm. no. So now hunting, um, in, in the, in a lot of African cultures, it's something that's done, you know, in hundred years ago, people used to go hunting with their dogs for food. And, um, I mean, I can't condemn that people are hungry. People need food. So mm-hmm. that's fine. But in modern times now, it's actually illegal to hunt with your dogs and in areas such as ours and wherever, if people are hunting with dogs, they're trespassing onto other farmers' lands. Um, we have some antelope that are quite quite special in our area, and so obviously hunting with dogs is going to ruin the chance of those those species taking off. So it's so difficult because so many of those children they would have been growing up with their grandfathers hunting, you know, going back to the mountains for the holidays, and everyone's doing it. And now here I am, and I have to say to the kids, actually, it's not right. Mm-hmm. It's not okay to do that. So that is a huge challenge, educational challenge. Um, so this week on Saturday, hopefully we'll be looking at that with the kids. So, yeah. I would imagine also just going hunting with a dog that isn't properly trained to hunt. Yeah. Could be quite cruel to the animal that's being oh, hunted definitely. if the, if yeah, the dog doesn't know injured. how to kill it quickly. Or yeah. And also the actual dogs. I've seen quite a few dogs that have had like broken legs mm. from hunting and things like that. And quite often they won't get veterinary attention and they'll suffer away. Mm. And mm-hmm. 
So, but I mean, it's, it's a huge thing. It's a cultural, it's a cultural practice. So how do you, you know, how do you stop that? We might think it's cruel, but a lot of people think, oh, well, it's a dog. That's what it's there for. So it's difficult. There's such a fine line. Because that was going to be another interesting point I wanted to know more about. What, you know, the community of, of Brunville, are they, you know, at a point where they can take care of their animals properly? Or, you know, do they view dogs, for example, as a member of the family? Or is it just like, you're here, it's either you're here to yeah. protect or you're here to hunt for us, or, you know? Yeah. So, um, I think Brunfell, as far as township goes, um, I used to work for a, an organization that did sterilizations throughout townships in KwaZulu Natal. Uh, it was a government funded organization called Outreach KZN. So, every second week, we'd go to a new township and we'd sterilize between 200 and 250 dogs wow. um, and cats. Um, now, after Going around the province and seeing various townships, I definitely think that the dogs in Brunfell are some of the most well-looked-after dogs that mm. I've met. We've actually, in our class, we've got a few obese dogs. Which they is too well-looked after. <laughs> okay. Which is a slight, which is, you know, the irony of it all. Everyone yeah. thinks, oh, the township, you know, we've got these skinny dogs running around, and we actually don't. Mm-hmm. So the dogs are really well-looked-after. Um in terms of the family, we do have some dogs that are, you know, very much part of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're put inside and they're fed, you know, and go for walks and they're really loved and pampered. Um, and then we have some that are tied up outside and yeah. just kind of left. But I definitely think that, you know, we can notice a change with the children. Mm-hmm. You know, they slowly starting to change the, the behavior in the household, you know, the towards the dog. Um, so it's a slow, it's a slow process, but I definitely think the influence, um, Upon the adults in the family, the grandparents, the parents, you know, change of attitude towards the animal. Um, it's, it's starting to, to spread. Mm. So we'll have to see where we are in a few years time and see. I remember once on the show, um, we discussed the importance of giving the animal a name because yes. sometimes it'll just be the dog, the yes. dog that lives outside mm. and especially for the kids, um, and especially in service animals, like if they have a pony or something like yes. that, that serves them to give it a name and mm. then they see it, you know, relate to it more as a human as opposed to an object. Yeah. Relationships. Yeah. Mm. So on our project, we have some really fantastic names and um, we've got one <laughs> dog called Mlomo. Which, no, in, which means mouth, yes. doesn't it? Okay. <laughs> so that's quite interesting. And then we've got a few dogs called spinachi. Okay. Which is also spinach. Yeah. yeah. Spinach. Uh-huh. Very interesting. <laughs> and then we've got Mechumlungu, which means white eyes, but she's got brown eyes. Um <laughs> Have yeah. you ever thought to question <laughs> yeah, you know, the naming process? Yeah, Should no, there not be like a little module you guys do in the project? It's rather, it's, but it's so special to see the relationships. I'm trying to think of some of the other names that we've got that are really fantastic. Um, we've got a lot of Snoopies and a lot of puppies. Mm. Um, okay. Just like the puppy, puppy. So, so the, yeah, okay, okay. I'm starting to get to the stage where I feel like saying to the children, listen, I'm sorry, this is going to be puppy number 25. We need to say We, we need name. to calm it down somewhere. <laughs> You know, Stacey, I'd like to know when you started off initially with this project, what were, what were some of your objectives and do you feel like you actually seeing those coming to life and you can tick off certain boxes? 
Um, when we started, I, I didn't think, right, these are my objectives. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we were inspired by a project called Funda Ninja in, um, in Popmeni Township, which is about, um, half an hour away from us. And that's run by a lovely lady called Adrian. She's a dog trainer and, um, her friend Heather. And that project, they have between 80 and 100 dogs every week. And so we were very inspired by that. Um, Temba, who's my Induna on my, my part of the farm. Uh, oh, okay. Wait, now we have to break that down. Nduna, <laughs> isn't that like a spiritual or like an no, elder? No, well, it's like an, an elder. So I, he, I, in my team of staff that I have on the farm, yes. he's my, su- the supervisor for the staff. So he's my right hand man. Ah, now you so, see, you hear about nurses. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear about supervisors, but you don't get in Nduna every single day. Yes. Yeah, well, there we go. So I had to take Timber to the closest city for a medical thing. And on the way back, I said, Timber, I'm so sorry, but you're just going to have to come with me. I have to just go and check. At this project, I was volunteering at the time um, as a veterinary nurse. And Temba, when he arrived, his eyes were like saucers. And he said to me, this is amazing. We need mm. to – this is fantastic. So Temba lives in Bronfel. And I said to him, Temba, that's great. We can try to do it. But I cannot do it by myself. Me as a small white girl, I can't go into the township and just organize the whole thing. I need – if you want to do it, that's great. But then I need your full commitment. So he said, no, we're going to do it. So I said, okay. So – off we went to the township, and I think the first day we had about 10 dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the reception to to you starting this project? <laughs> well, I think there was a private project running previously by a lady called Moira. Um, unfortunately, it kind of phased out. She had um, some family issues that she had to sort out. So... They, you know, there were some people that, that remembered the dog, you know, the dog project of old. So we did have a few people coming in and, um, kind of getting, a, you know, the attention from that. But I don't know. It's just grown. The kids know. The kids talk about it at school. And, you know, all of a sudden you'll have children from the other side of the township walking all the way. Wow. Because they've spoken to their friend at school and, you know, they want to. I think it's just as good for the kids as it is for the animals. I yes. think it's just. Oh, um, it's such a fantastic Bringing thing. everyone together. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I would imagine that training the dog uh, just really helps out everyone. So perhaps mm. the dog, now that if it's trained and the people know how to communicate with the dog, that the dog can maybe be allowed inside the house, yes. maybe not have to sleep outside, yeah. can maybe go for walks with the family because yeah. it's been trained. Yeah. So I think it really just improves quality, quality of life all around. Oh, it does, yeah. 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 No, it's huge. See, I forgot what your original question was. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm going off track. <laughs> no, it's fine. Well, we just Well, your initial objectives. Yes, the initial objectives. The, the inspiration behind that and how you're seeing that paying off now yeah so like i said i didn't have any initial objectives and um after we it was we just kind of started you know and but i mean now when a kid phones me during the week and says stacy um my dog's my dog's not well or something like that i just Mm. think wow you know that wouldn't have happened six months ago they they would have just they wouldn't have even noticed yeah so I think jeepers, you re- we're really seeing things paying off, and also children developing, children fo- becoming really focused, and you know working at that and goal setting and mm. things like that, which are so such important life skills. So, from having no objectives, we've really achieved quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if any of the kids um, uh, don't have dogs. Maybe you want to come along. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, so <laughs> that happens a lot, and um, we have quite a few spectators. Okay. So quite a few kids will come along, and then we've got hula hoops. So they'll play with the hula hoops yeah. and just watch. Then, oh my word, if someone cannot take their dog to class, that dog is the thing of the moment and 
the kids will fight over <laughs> who is going to take the dog to class. Yes. So it's really a, it's fantastic. I mean, the community is so involved. I would imagine a lot of parents are getting requests now, you know, mommy, oh, yeah. we need a dog. Oh, yeah. yeah. We've had a lot of people going out and getting puppies, mm-hmm. um, which is a double edged sword because yeah. I'm not one for breeding. Um, however, I do think that, you know, those puppies would have been bred anyway. So, if at least they're getting into a good home, we vaccinate them at a young age, getting them sterilized. They've got a better quality of life, better chance of life. And if we are able to sterilize all of the puppies, um, slowly, slowly, the breeding will slow down because, you know, ultimately we'd want everything to be sterilized. But mm-hmm. that's <laughs> that's a huge challenge. So, yeah, no, people are definitely getting dogs to get involved, which is great. So I think more than actually raising awareness on the Brunfield Dog Project, yes. which I think is awesome as we're talking about it now, I'd like to get to know more about you in the sense of someone out there, you know, whichever community there, not yes. just Brunfield, but to understand what they're getting themselves into when yeah. they undertake <laughs> a project like this. Wow, yeah. So um. <laughs> for you personally, when you look back at the last couple of months, yes. what are some of the big lessons that you've learned or some of the, you know, few key notes that you'd like other people to know? Um, I think probably the first key note would be... Patience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, some classes are chaotic. And mm-hmm. by the end of it, I think, oh, my word, I've sprouted another hundred gray hairs. And I'm going to go home and I'm never going to do this again. Um, but at those moments, I remind myself that as long as each child's picked up something or mm-hmm. learned something or done something that they can take home with them and they'll remember, then that's fun. We've achieved. Mm-hmm. That's great. It'll pay off in years to come when exactly. they pass those lessons on to yeah. other children. Yeah. 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 We also, when we do educational things, we print out pamphlets. So, for example, recently we did a educational thing on why it's important to sterilize your dogs. Mm-hmm. So um, we do, you know, with little pictures so that it makes it easier for the children to understand. And then um, some of my guys on the farm translate it into Zulu for me. And then I type it out and print it out for the children. So, for example, with the sterilization one, things like unwanted puppies running around, things like cancers that are transmitted by dogs, mm. um, diseases, STDs, um, fighting between male dogs, you know, over territory and stuff if they're not sterilized. Uh, difficulty giving birth for for the bitches. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I can't remember now. So those little papers will go home with the kids, and you know if someone picks it up in the house and reads it, well, that's great. Someone learned something. Yeah. That day. So I, I suppose it's also good to just have your contact number around. Like yes. you say, if the dog is sick and it's suffering and they need a yeah. point of contact, who do yeah. I call? At least they have one person. Mm. So yeah. my number started circulating in the township now, and I get phone calls from people who aren't don't even come to the project. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. adults. That are concerned about their dogs. So that's really great that there's awareness out there um, about the importance of looking after your animals. In terms of the framework and regulations and, you know, surrounding communities, are you getting, you know, uh, good support in the animal world for this project? Yes, very good support. Um, living in a small town and having my family who's been there for, you know, years and years and years, all of the businesses in town know us. So, for example, the local super spa sponsors snacks for our children oh, wow. once a week, once a month, which is really fantastic. Then the local farming cup sponsors feed for us um, for for once a one class a month. Mm-hmm. Our veterinary clinic, more of a veterinary clinic, they are amazing. They are really, really generous <laughs> with their treatments, which helps us out a lot. The veterinary wholesalers in town, they donate a lot to us as well. Mm-hmm. And then we have a lot of really generous people in the community who would just write a check and, you know, hand it over. So 
we we're very spoiled actually very mm. spoiled mm. yeah i imagine working in areas that aren't maybe not necessarily poor areas but where money might be a challenge and yes. for a family who's battling to take care of themselves to then take care of their pet mm. properly Huge is issue. quite a challenge yeah. you know so uh, i wonder how you work around those challenges so we give out a, a yoga tub container of food to our children every week for their doggy and then what I've noticed a lot of the families do is they mix the, the putsu, the maize meal, with a few dog beans with some family leftovers, so a gravy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> well, the dogs are great. The dogs are fat. They're not, they're not complaining. So, um, you know, they really try. We do have instances, you know, when there's a veterinary need, I do approach the families and say, you know, I'll help you out, but I, please will you pay 10 rand or 5 rand or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just because I, I don't want to just become the local mm-hmm. the person who just dishes out and, you know, the families really need to appreciate that. So recently one of our, our a grandfather of one of our children, he came to me, he said his cat was sick. So I said, no, that's fine. So sorted out his cat and it ended up costing a little bit. And I said to him, you know, he said he doesn't have any money. So I said, that's fine. You can come and do a day's work on the farm. Mm. So we're still waiting to organize that. But <laughs> just, um, you know, giving back, you yeah. know, the com- just I don't want to be just giving all the time. I don't think that that's a good life skill to teach. Mm. So, you know. Yeah, no, but I really think at the end of the day, the animal does benefit. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, hugely. I think although you may not get always the gratitude needed by the person, mm. I think knowing in your heart that that animal yeah. isn't suffering anymore is. Yeah, no, but we do get a lot of gratitude. I don't awesome. think there's been an instance where, mm. enough where I've thought, mm-hmm. oh, for heaven's sakes, I'm helping you so much. You know, you could just smile or say thank you. Yeah. It's never like that. They're really, yeah. really grateful. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Well, more than that, you've also opened my eyes, Jonathan, by actually, you know, letting me know that the real reward will come when these kids are grown up adults yes, as well yes. and they make the right informed decisions because yeah. really at the end of the day that's what a true legacy is all about exactly. as it trickles down and that's how education works passed from one generation to the other mm-hmm. oh. absolutely so all of this and so much more it's very very interesting getting to know more about you stacy but straight after this i'd like to know more about the future of the okay. Brunville dog project this is animal central right here on cliffcentral.com cliffcentral.com Animal Central on cliffcentral.com This is Animal Central with myself, Sia Sangwenifin, standing in for Ainsley Hayes, and I'm not going with this alone. Yes, right? I'm here too, Jonathan Sinclair. <laughs> I was waiting for like I the thought you were going to introduce me, man. I'm used to being, you know, announced. Oh, oh, I don't announce us. myself. Excuse us, King <laughs> Jonathan. Uh, and we've been chatting to Stacey Keen from the Brunful Dog Project, based in KZN. I just found that out, we're both... No, there's no cool term for people from KZN. I was waiting. <laughs> there's like Durbanites and Joe Burgers. There's no KZN years. Um, Italians, maybe. No, thank you. But we know that what you guys cool. call us. Joe, Joe <laughs> Burgers. Uh, you don't call us that. To our faces, you call us that. Yeah. What, what do we call you, you guys? You guys call us Varleys. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I've been called a Varley so many times in my life. The that's Varleys okay. have invaded the coastal towns yes. wearing shorts and sloves trying to fit in with us. Yeah. That's yeah, you see all these GP number plates oh, just invading. Word. You must hate us. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. Now I feel better about myself, about the truth. <laughs> the truth will set you free. So, Stacey, you know, a little before this, we've been chatting to get to know more about you and the Brunfield Dog Project and the amazing work that you guys do. And actually, it's funny. You raised up this point by just telling us more about the work that you guys do. You know, you have classes with young kids. 
um, once a week on a Saturday morning and he said the classes started at half past seven. Yes. Jonathan and I gave each other like little looks no, no, like, no, no, what no. is he talking about? You, re- um, but why do you specifically actually start at half past seven? I find that very fascinating, for lack of a better term. So during winter, we started at 11 o'clock, which was great because the staff on the farm have completed their work for the day. So yeah. after that, we'd go through to the township and then the staff could just stay at home. 11 o'clock, I could do. Yes, <laughs> yeah. 11 sounds better because yeah. it's a Saturday. But you have to start at 7.30 because well, of the heat. Yes, it is. So well, in December, we had a, a bit of a heat wave wow. and it was completely unbearable. So for, for all of us... Um, especially the dogs. It's mm. much cooler. It's half past seven in the morning. And even that, by half past eight, is blooming hot. Really? And we all run home. So. Yeah, well, I was also thinking you said a lot of the kids are walk- walking quite far with yes. the dogs. So you don't want, you know, heat stroke or yeah, things dehydration like that. issues. Also, there are quite a few young puppies mm-hmm. that are brought, you know, from the homes and then we're out in the sun. So we want to kind of encourage a bit more. Take but your dogs home and put them in the shade. I'd have to say that is quite a, I think you can pat yourself on the back for this. The mere fact that it is a Saturday morning, you know, these kids could be <laughs> sleeping in and it's 7.30 a.m. that early and they're willing to stand in the heat of the sun just for their dogs. Oh, I think the, I think the message is definitely hitting home mm-hmm. about is. the importance of taking care of your pets, of them, yes. you know, willing to make all these sacrifices. So kudos on you. Hey. That's <laughs> Thank you. really, really awesome. But you know, the dogs also pick up on that routine. I think they know when it's a Saturday Ooh, morning. They know. they know when they hear the sound of their leash and I think they know where they're going they and do. I'm yeah. sure they love it. Like yeah, um, the highlight, it's probably the highlight of their, their week, their lives. So yeah. yeah. Well, we, when we drive through the township, we pass quite a few of the homes where the dogs live mm-hmm. and all the children see our vehicle and they all, you know, their little eyes light up and they quickly run home to fetch their leash because they know no dogs without their leashes. <laughs> and all the dogs kind of congregate in the street and there's lots of barking and carrying on. Yeah, and then they everyone know exactly chops up what to time the it is. <laughs> oh, they know. Now I kind of feel like an under, underachiever in life because I've always been a dog person. I've always had pets, but all throughout my 21 years. My 20 odd years in life. <laughs> he just revealed his age. <laughs> anyway, yeah, because usually I'm like, oh, two decades, whatever. Uh, my 21 years in life, I've never been able to train my dogs, like, to sit <laughs> or to fetch or, like, I feel like my dogs are too sassy. Uh, like, I tried to teach them to fetch once. They just looked at me like, you really expect <laughs> me to run for that. So how, how's that training process like? Cause sometimes you really do, you, you know, you encounter these fully grown dogs. Yes. And are they really like, able to be trained they are definitely um me personally i'm not much of a dog trainer in my family my boyfriend does it yeah um i'm yeah i think i'm too soft (laughs) (laughs) but my guys from the farm so temba bongani and jabulo um and sandile they are shout out to all of them yes (laughs) (laughs) what goes into training a dog so we do what you call positive reinforcement training so using food so you Ah. would teach the dog for example, if you want the dog to sit, you would, you know, hold the food in your hand and hold it above the dog and move your hand slightly forward so that the dog would lift up its head to look at the food and maybe try and walk backwards a little bit, which would encourage the sit. Then once they've done it, you obviously give them the command, sit. Um, and then as my staff would say, brasha, brasha. So you, you pat the dog <laughs> and you, um, give the dog food. So that it learns the command. Okay. So how many times does this need to be reiterated? Like, do these kids technically have homework during the week? Yes, they do. You know, do. to go home and to brasha, brasha <laughs> during the week. Yes, no, they definitely do. And we have some children that go home and come back and they've taught their dogs to leopard crawl and bow on command what? and 
shake pause and alternate pause and I can't t- my yeah I need <laughs> I need to go home and teach Groban something or the other like really Groban you need to brush up on things yeah, yeah. but I mean you're not trying to teach them to jump through hoops and stuff it's basic commands that just make yes. life easier well we do do the jumping through hoops as well what? Um, oh. <laughs> okay we, shut me down <laughs> <laughs> Don't but we like start the basics enough. the basics are basics. important we start okay. the basics and then we work from there so the kids do have homework they go home and you can see who's been practicing and who hasn't been yes. practicing. Mm. <laughs> but you know, as if you're not inspiring enough, Stacey, uh. here you are. You're now part of a family who's who actually owns a farm. Yes, my family are dairy farmers. Um, we own a beautiful farm um, in the Natal Midlands. Mm-hmm. Near Did Moore you River. grow up in this atmosphere, in this farming I atmosphere? I grew up on this farm, yeah. Yeah. So my grandfather um, farmed there for many years and my dad uh, subsequently bought the farm next door and now leases back the family farm um, and we've bought a few adjacent farms so we live very close to town we're about two and a half kilometers from the township and all of our staff that work on the farm live in this township and then mm-hmm. they have a taxi that brings them every day so that's mainly why i think my family and i have been so um what's the word involved trying to you know promote this project and all that because that's where our people come from that's where our team comes Mm. from and um giving back to the community that actually makes our business a success and as well it's a reality you you see every day that you cannot avoid so of course yeah it's no surprise that you guys are involved in this but then you know when i think of like a cow farm you know a dairy farm i think maybe they're like five cows and you know (laughs) it's a big business you wake up in the morning well listen this is my vision i still think rolling fields of green grass and you wake up with and your you, check do you picture shirt. the farmer there with a bucket going like of course because that's what I've always <laughs> seen is, is that the reality or are there well, big are, machines they're rolling and... green hills they're definitely that they are okay, checkered shirts that's one check on, on, on my vision yes <laughs> checkered shirts yes check um, do you guys wear farmer like boots I, oh no now that's too cowboyish yes. never mind <laughs> <laughs> I have a gumboot collection actually the, okay, yeah, okay. So, have, so I'm not um, too disappointed no no you wouldn't be disappointed don't worry about that but we don't um, hand milk our cows we have big machines that do it for us thankfully otherwise we'd mm-hmm. be there all day all night and how many cows are we talking um, we're milking in our one dairy about 1,200 and in our other dairy about 400 at the moment. Oh my mm, goodness. Mm, mm. That is, I'm just thinking that is a lot, a lot of cows mm. and that's a lot of formalities yes. and, and, and. This is, really is, for lack of a better term, a big, big business. It is a big business. These days in agriculture, if you've got five cows, you're not going to make it anyway. So it's economy of scale in all, of, all fields of agriculture these days. Unless mm. you are big and you're mechanized and you are, you know, on top of what's going on and what's modern, you're yeah. not going to be a success. Um, you mentioned the heat stroke a little earlier. What did that do to business during December? Oh, the, 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 heat, the wave. heat wave. Oh. Yeah. So typically when it's really hot, we, the milk production, the cows will drop a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that particular heat wave, we, uh, when the cows were at the dairy, we were hosing them down to cool them off a bit. Wow. Um, and then I think the thing that really hit home was we have a river that runs through our farm and the cows go over the bridge to milk. And that day the cows just decided that they were going to, you know, park off in the river for a bit and cool down. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, they so made they an did. executive decision. They made there. an executive okay. decision and they had a pool party and everyone else had to wait. <laughs> 500 cows at a little pool party, I think. Like. <laughs> and you know, I think they, they're very intelligent animals. Oh, they they all have their little personalities they and do. their best friends. And their, yes, they yeah. do. Is it? They do have best friends. You can notice, so 
when cows are babies on the farm, we have them in groups of five in a little house, mm-hmm. and they get fed their milk there and looked after there. And then quite often in the dairy herd when they're three, four years old, you can see them hanging out with a calf of, you know, that's this next number to her. So they each get a name, a number. Yeah. And they're obviously sequential. So you can see who's friends. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> it's like a whole click. It Who is. knew that cows would have clicks yeah. and crews? <laughs> like, what is this world becoming, really? Uh, aren't you glad you're vegetarians, yeah? Well, yeah, l- let's not get into that. I'm <laughs> staying well away from that. But I, I, I would like to know as well, you have this huge, huge farm. No, do you have any pets of, of your own? Yes. Um, so my Please boyfriend tell me and it's I. like 18 dogs and 12 budgies <laughs> and like okay, six no, it's cats. It's not that bad. Um, my boyfriend and I um, have two dogs together they're canis africanus so they were bred for hunting in the mm-hmm. townships and um we have homed them so we've got two of those now my boyfriend's going to work overseas in new zealand to further his career in dairy so i've moved home with my parents <laughs> which is fine they're like roommates they're not really like <laughs> <laughs> and my mom has a great dane one of those big spotty dogs yeah and then she's got another township special <laughs> And then we've got one from Phoenix and Durban. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we've got a little, what you call a bedroom pup. So she's okay. a little Maltese poodle. She's actually my dog. So she sleeps on my bed with me. And then we've got a multitude of cats. Yes. Um, two horses. And I did have That's a goat. That's what I was waiting for. You see, it goes from cats <laughs> to horses. Yeah. Yeah. Is there like a little hamster in the equation as well? No, no. When I was little, I had hamsters. See, no, I knew no, any rabbits. Animals. No, no, I don't have that. <laughs> I had a goat. Yes, I knew it. I had a goat. His, his name was Pedro. He was amazing. Pedro. But then Pedro got attacked by one of my mom's dogs oh, and no. had to go to Jesus, which was oh, very sad. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he sorry while laughing. You're so insensitive. Oh. <laughs> no, I just love that. Like, I can imagine my parents telling me that. Like yes. once they, we had a dog that wouldn't, he was just getting vi- vicious and violent. And one day when I was in the bath, I got out the bath and the dog was gone. And they told me no. He went to How a farm. <laughs> I was maybe nine years old. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. He went to Jesus. Well, they told me they took him to the vet, and the vet said no. He knows someone who can use this dog. And oh, like, shame. When did they break it to you, Jonathan? You know, they still haven't. I, 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 I don't think I want to know the truth. Yeah, yeah they were in, very convincing. He's in a farm. He's yeah. in a farm somewhere. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> so listen, Stacey. I yeah. think like if you ever need someone to visit, I'd like to you know see your horses and see well, the coast. I, I won't promise I'll milk any cows. No, no, you don't have to do that. Nor I don't think I'll be good with training dogs, but I think. <laughs> or come and see. <laughs> yeah, I'll be good to like walk around, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, back to the Brunfield Dog Project. What do you have to say are some of your hopes for the future with the project and, and um, any more work that you'd like to do with animals? Definitely one of my more immediate hopes is to sterilize as many animals as we can. So we are busy fundraising at the moment. Got a lovely lady called Lee who's organizing that for us. So hopefully we will be able to prevent as many puppies as possible. Um, so that's our immediate plan. Um, things like vaccination. So we do have rabies in Moriva. It's a disease that's caused a bit of problems. So that's an ongoing goal to vaccinate as many as we can. Long term... I think if I can see in 10 years' time some of those kids coming to me and saying, I work in the police department, I'm a dog handler, or oh, wow. I train dogs, or I'm a manager on a dairy farm, or, you know, I'm a jockey, I don't know, you know, anything around animals, then I'll be like, I achieved that. We yes. did that. That's great. And I'll, <laughs> you know, we've done or it. Or even so. if they just say, I take care of my own dog properly. You yes. Know what I mean? yeah. Just, yeah. That's enough. 
That's enough, yeah. Mm. Like mm. I said, baby steps, small achievements, that's what counts. Yes. Mm. But now, if anyone were to help you out, how could they go about it? Um, is there maybe a volunteer program or something like that you need? Yes, well, we're always looking for volunteers, people that can help in any way. What I always say to people when they approach me and say that they want to help, uh, ask what their area of expertise is. So, you know, if someone's in marketing, that's mm-hmm. great. They could help us with marketing. If someone's in veterinary, you know, or works for a drug company, they could help us with, you know, medications mm-hmm. from the drug company. So if people are interested in helping, they are more than welcome to. Just send, you can send me an email. Um, my email address is Bruntful Dog Project. So that's B-R-U-N-T-V-I-L-L-E Dog Project at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or they can phone me mm-hmm. on 082-887-4068. Um, being a, you know, like a volunteer project, it's, we, we're always looking for people to help out. Mm-hmm. Companies, whoever wants to help. So, um, give me, give me a shout. That'd be really great. Yes. Yes. And I think they can, they can also like your Facebook page because yes. I'm just scrolling through it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I feel like I know so much about the whole project now. You know, starting <laughs> off 2016 with what they call Dip Day. Please explain that because I think that's interesting. What's so, Dip Day? Dip Day happens once a month. The dogs in the township, are, you know, in, in a city, we would typically use a product like Frontline or Brevecto, give it to our dog to prevent fleas and ticks. Mm-hmm. In the township, there's quite a high tick population and things diseases like biliary or elegia are carried by ticks obviously so we want to try and prevent that as much as possible also just for the comfort of the dogs you know if they've got a last infestation that's not very comfortable at all Mm -hmm. so once a month we bring our big buckets and our water with us and everyone gets a bath Wow. Which is a bit of a mission, yeah. but. Yeah, I can <laughs> just imagine. Just with my dog. <laughs> a mess. And oh. then multiply that by like yes. 53. Yeah. That's well, kind of. We're on a field, so it's, you know, there's no, no one worries but about getting messy. I can imagine messy. like 80 odd dogs just, you know, where they do that shape. Yes. Oh, yeah, no, that oh. happens. Everyone's covered. When I go home, I have a good shower. Yeah. <laughs> a good scrub and a half. And also, you guys spoiled your dogs and the kids for Christmas. That's yes. kind of awesome. What do you guys do for Christmas? We had a fantastic day. Um, well, it was just really one of our classes a lot of people have donated stuff from you know caps we've had um, a lovely couple charles and janae from uh-huh. wherever they own a clothing factory in lesotho so they've they made beautiful caps for us which is great so each child got a cap That's which cool. really brands the project and you know gives the children something that they feel they belong to so each child got a cap then sweetie packs we had a donation of um, textbooks. So each child got textbooks. We had pen donations. We had mm. all sorts of random bits and pieces. So we put them into goodie bags for the children and each child got a goodie bag. That's awesome. So it was yeah. something. And then also treats for the dogs in there, little information pamphlets for the dogs. Um, we've also had competitions in the past. We had a kennel building competition. Oh. Which was, um, how did rather that turn entertaining. Out? Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> our winner of the kennel building competition was a girl called Quanele, who's the only girl in our class, actually. Wow. And she won it. So. Yeah, you wouldn't fun. think that the girl would win the oh, kennel no. building she competition. She showed up all the boys. Awesome. And her dog is Rita. Rita, who is a boy, and Rita has a pink kennel. 
you know so, what? Well, hey, there's a know? couple of things I'm picking up on. Hey, the boy. Okay, anyway. Gwyneth is good and she's going on doing her best. But oftentimes, I think with animals, you give them a name and then maybe later you'll find out that your budgie is actually a female and you're like, we'll keep the name. Yeah. Like the first thing you need to go through. Anyway, let's not judge. Stacey Keen, thank you very much for stopping by this morning. Thank you, Sam. It's been absolutely awesome getting to know more about you and the organization as a whole. It's really raising great awareness. Yes, I definitely think so. And I think, I hope that it will continue to grow. Yes. That's awesome stuff. So that's Stacey Keen from the Brentville Dog Project, a dog training project all about teaching children the importance of animals in our world and exposing them to career opportunities involving animals. Just like that, Jonathan. Done and dusted. It's done, yeah. I'm sure Ainsley will be back next week. Yes. And, uh, yeah. But, I think um, it was a really in- informative show. I really enjoyed it. Yes. And it, it always flies by. So. And I think for hosting the hour, we didn't sing Circle of Life. <gasps> you know, we actually have that on our system. Should not I'm telling you, we have Should it on our sister. <laughs> Just at the, at the end of the day, it is an animal <laughs> show. But alas, you know what? It's fine. Let's not get too comfortable on these seats. Thank you so much for listening to us for the hour. Until next week, Ainsley will be back. This has been Animal Central on CliffCentral.com. Animal Central on CliffCentral.com. This is CliffCentral.com.